Hey, everybody. Coming up on the Matt Townsend Show, I decided to clean out my basement so I could move some family members down there. Now I find myself stuck moving a piano. You know what? It can't go upstairs with the rest of us. I already have one there. Clutter in your house. How did we end up like this? That's up next on the Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. James Holmes' premeditation about the mass murder he is accused of carrying out in Aurora, Colorado theater seems even more startling now that a notebook detailing the attack has been found. The journal was sent to a University of Colorado psychiatrist more than a week before the actual attack took place. The book never made it to its intended reader, but instead was discovered by police searching the campus for information on Holmes. It includes details about how he was going to kill people and and stick figure drawings of a gunman firing on fleeing people. Officials at the White House are reacting furiously to new reports that Assad in Syria is using air support to battle rebel forces. U.S. officials are pointing to what they call credible reports that both helicopter gunships and warplanes have been hurled into the assault on Aleppo, Syria's commercial capital, in a bid to crush rebel forces. If true, White House Press Secretary Jake Carney says they'd illustrate the depth of depravity to which President Bashar Assad has sunk in brutally slaughtering his own people. But briefing reporters as President Obama flew to New Orleans, Carney also pointed to two new diplomatic defections, saying they're fresh signs Assad's inner circle is fleeing. Mark Smith at the White House. The U.S. isn't the only country criticizing Syria's regime. Turkey has announced that it will no longer allow trucks to cross its borders into Syria. The ban on trucks crossing from Turkey into Syria is another body blow to the Syrian economy. It shows how far the regime of President Bashar Assad has fallen in the region. Turkey and Syria used to be close allies. Their trade amounted to $3 billion a year. Now Turkey's calling for Assad's exit, hosting thousands of refugees, and unofficially providing staging grounds for the rebels attacking regime forces. The latest major battle is Syria's largest city, Aleppo, just 30 miles from the border with Turkey. Mark Levy, Cairo. Drug testing at the London Olympics will be more intense than any effort to stop doping before it. It's pretty much true at every Olympics, but the London Games will see the most drug tests ever. And John Fahey, president of the World Anti-Doping Agency, says with samples kept and retested as much as eight years later, an athlete who uses a banned substance, wins, and passes all the tests may have a long wait. They should hold their breath for at least eight years, because the odds are they can be picked up at a later point in time. What if there were games with no positive tests? Would it mean no one was doping or that they were so good at it that no one got caught? Fahey says he's a realist, but he'd prefer to see that as a positive sign. Warren Levinson, London. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Matt Townsend, your life coach, your guide on the side, doing what we can on our show every day of the week to uh, give you and your loved ones the skills, the tools you need to deal with this crazy thing we call life. Welcome to the program, and today we have got a good one for you. Uh, We are going to help you declutter your crazy life. Do you just have too much stuff? 
and it's all good. Hello, that's the bowl that your grandma gave you at your wedding 25 years ago. You can't get rid of that, can you? That's what we're talking about. Now, here's how this all came down. I am um, trying to prepare. We have a, a basement apartment in our house. And I'm not sure if it's a good idea or a bad idea, but I'm trying to prepare this apartment to finally use it. We have never used it. We've just had our kids in there. And so we're trying to open it up, clean it up, make it nice, and we need to move our kids out. Actually, just one kid lives in the apartment area, but we we need to move couches and a bunch of other stuff. So as we've been doing this for the last two weeks, we have been moving a lot of junk. And I'm not sure who brought all this junk into the house, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't me. And it's interesting how it just slowly starts to come, right? A little bit here, a little bit there. We already had a piano in our upstairs and had a relative give us a a piano, a grand piano. And, you know, you got to have that. I have four kids that play the piano and or trying to play the piano. So we put that in the basement. All of a sudden we have that down there. We have a nice leather couch set. But you know what? Now you got to move it. And all of these crazy things that have been aggregating and gathering. We had a big storage room that we needed to put shelves in, and one by one we had to go through our storage room to see what was in there. And we were storing stuff like, I don't know, how about Christmas cards from 21 years? Past friends, neighbors, their family pictures. Now, they're really cute. And, you know, there's some of these friends that we've received a Christmas card from literally every year for 21 years, and we've still got them. So if they ever need a copy of them, all they've got to do is call the Townsend family, and we'll have them for them. But what I'm trying to figure out is how do you get rid of this stuff? And and a lot of it is so difficult because you're attached to it. We are getting rid of our kitchen table, our first kitchen table ever. We're just getting rid of it. Now, that's the table where all of our cute little kids grow, grew up. They had their first meals gone. That table is gone. We're also um, going to be getting rid of the recliner that I rocked my children in and my wife would rock the kids in in the middle of the night. Gone. The recliner. How do you get rid of the recliner chair, the lazy boy, um, that I had rocked my kids in? There's this weird emotional attachment to it. And you know what, though? Got to go. Bye. Gone. Plus, just getting rid of the stuff that you know you don't need. My favorite moment in the past few weeks has been going down there with my kids to their toy room and just start tossing stuff. And I'd say, okay, which toy does this belong to? And when they'd say, I don't know, gone. And we would. (laughs) I got so much pleasure. Now, a lot of the kids didn't like me. And apparently I made too many piles of stuff that had to go to to the yard sale. We're having a yard sale. Um, Then it's going to go to Goodwill. I mean, we have a lot of people that uh, have got some dibs on stuff, but it's gone. Now, apparently they've been sneaking stuff in the back door. So I carry it out the front door and somebody's bringing it in the back door. It's uh, it's hard to let go of this stuff. So on today's show, we are going to be talking about decluttering. We're bringing on a professional organizer, Lara Lawrence, who is going to be helping us and giving us the tools, the skills. What do we need to do in order to take uh, our lives back and get rid of some of the clutter? Professional organizer will be helping with that. So think about your life. Think about the cars you're driving in right now. Are you starting to see some clutter there? How about your office that you're leaving? Are you seeing clutter there? We're going to give you the tools, the ideas for how to declutter, and uh, you're going to get it for the next hour. Now, I'm sure none of you are so cluttered that this is your problem. But in Pennsylvania, 
the dog police, basically, the dog wardens just removed 185 chihuahuas from Pennsylvania home. Okay, they call it a case of animal hoarding. Now, I I can see hoarding Christmas cards, but chihuahuas? Please. The scene was shocking, the Associated Press reports. 185 chihuahuas were being kept at a home in northeastern Pennsylvania. And, by the way, the corpses of 30 more chihuahuas were packed into the freezer. Okay? Now, where would you put your corn dogs if you had your chihuahuas in the freezer? But they were just they, – they, they hadn't killed the they, – they weren't killing these animals, but they just died by natural causes, probably because there wasn't enough food in the small house, I guess. I don't know. But the dogs were dying, and, it's, and they didn't want – they wanted them treated appropriately, so they just froze the um, corpses, and they were going to have them cremated at a later date. Anyway, acting on multiple tips, state dog wardens and state troopers executed a search warrant Thursday night. They removed the animals and transported them to the temporary quarters at a Pennsylvania farm show complex in Harrisburg, where they spent the night. Uh, Mike Peachart, who oversees dog law enforcement activities at the State Department of Agriculture, called it one of the worst cases of animal hoarding he had ever seen. And so... Come on. We're not that bad off, right? Now, the neat thing, I think these were good people. They they cared for the dogs. They were they knew the dogs' names as they were going through tagging each dog. They knew the names. They felt bad about the ones that were in the freezer. Um, but when it comes down to it, we got to learn how to let some stuff go. Some of these are emotional issues, I'm sure. Some of these psychological. And some of them are just we don't know what to do. And so we're going to try to give you some tools, some ideas on all of the fronts. But before we go any further... We're going to bring in one of our producers, Bryce Tobin, who has some thoughts about clutter that he would just love to share with us. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. I'm pretty organized, and I am space efficient. Everything I own is with me, except one big thing, and it fits in this 9x8 room. In many ways, my life is like a recurring game of Tetris, in which I get really excited when I pack something completely, and I get annoyed when I know I've left open space and I can't find anything to put there. As proof of this, I have one suitcase packed so well, it is heavier than some girls I've dated. But in my situation, you don't have the luxury of space. And storage? Yeah, it exists. At my complex, you get a 5x2 closet for four people. And that's a kingly amount of space out here in college land. So any of you ever moved before? I've done it. Done it a lot, in fact. And I've learned that nothing makes you hate your own stuff quite like moving. But one upside to the behemoth ordeal that is moving is that it makes it really easy to get rid of some things. And sometimes the decision is really easy. That leisure suit you have on the floor in your closet? Well, creepy's no longer in style, so I guess it's time to toss that one. Rollerblades? Yeah, those will get you beat up if you take them outside, so it's probably best to part with them. Your box of slap bracelets? Yeah, I know, they were cool, but they have no purpose now. But there's always that one thing you pick up, you look at it, and you think this exact phrase. Well, I haven't used this in a while, and I don't see myself using it anytime soon, but I still might need it. And so you shrug your shoulders, and the item falls into the throwaway pile. You feel pretty good about your decision, and you feel validated in the perception you have of yourself not being a pack rat or worse than that, being a potential candidate for the TV show Hoarders. And we all feel vulnerable about this when moving. Don't even try and lie. Then two weeks later, when it's dead and gone, you're at your new place. A situation arises in which you could save the day with that item you'd thrown away. And from here on out begins your torment. From now on, anytime you go to throw anything away, you have this feeling, this nagging paranoia that insists on stepping in and saying, hey, remember that time you threw away something that you needed later? 
Having moved so much, I have noticed I always seem to keep a little bit too much. Here's a few examples. I still have my first little guitar amp. Never mind the fact that I have a bigger amp with me that serves as my bed stand. See, I told you I'm good at maximizing space. And then the only item that I own that is still at my parents' place is my Gigantor amp, which I plan on bringing to my place soon. Yet I still have this little box of an amp with me. I shouldn't still have it. Old, it's beat up, it sounds awful. At higher volumes, you can hear how damaged everything is because what comes out doesn't even sound sound like anything tonal, just scratchy, poppy refuse. It's also hard to pack because it doesn't fit into anything, and it's as big as most boxes. And it's about 20 pounds, so it's no lightweight either. As far as an amp goes, it's small, but compared to everything else, it's kind of big. So what's my justification? What if I need to play a show in a really small gig, and I don't want to overpower everyone? There's several problems with this. I don't really play anymore. I don't have the time or energy. And because I don't play, I'm not very good anymore, which decreases my chances of being asked to do a gig. And I don't don't want to overpower anyone? This is a blatant lie. I want to dominate the soundscape, but it's bad manners, so I don't. And you don't need a small amp to make a small sound. That's what the volume setting is for. Just make it lower. Or then there's this box of shoes. They are all beat up. They are all out of style. And I do not touch a shoe after it enters that box. And now it's full. But what's my justification? What if I lose one of my current shoes and need something to hold me over till I find it or buy a new pair of shoes? Or what if I help someone painting and I need some shoes to trash? Painting aside, what if I just need some shoes that I don't mind messing up and then getting rid of? This is all dumb. Easy solution to all of this. Buy some cheap shoes that are there to be trashed. And then have your nicer shoes and be an adult and manage your life in a way in which you don't ruin your shoes. Nobody needs 14 pairs of shoes they don't wear. Ever. Or my favorite, I have all of my video game consoles with me. Let me list them for you. I have my Super Nintendo, I have my Nintendo 64, I have my PlayStation 2, I have my original Xbox. I don't know how familiar you are with any of these, but none of them are small. They are not light, especially the Xbox. And I have this big box filled with the consoles, their games, there's like 50 of them, their controllers, and all the cords and equipment that goes along with it. Now, this one's a bit different from my other examples because a few months ago, some of my friends and I brought out the old Super Nintendo. Nintendo. Other than that, I have not touched this stuff in the five years I've had it with me. And you want to know why? Because they're not fun. They are old. When we got out the Nintendo, after playing it for about two hours with everyone taking turns, we all sort of came to this realization once the nostalgia wore off. New games are more fun. New games have more to offer. And yet, I keep this giant box with me. But then again, is this really a terrible thing? Let's get real. Until it starts to interfere with your life... This can be a useful thing. I mean, we've all heard things like, better to be prepared than underprepared, better to have than to not have. After all, would you rather be up a creek without a paddle, or would you rather have a paddle, but also a hat, an umbrella, a few compasses, three books, binoculars, an inflatable life raft, a flare gun, a sleeping bag, and a dog? I think you get my point. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Excellent. So what if I do want all that stuff? Okay, get off my back. Can the guy not keep everything? We're talking about it, folks, how to declutter your life, how to start uh, moving things along, getting some things out of your life, organizing right here on the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back after this with a trained professional right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Did you forget to plug in your phone or laptop? Soon you may not ever worry about that again. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. The high tech of about 121 years ago was electric power transmitted through the air without wires by the inventor Nikola Tesla. 
but it never took off commercially. Until now. At the most recent Consumer Electronics Show, attendees could see an electric sports car named after Tesla and see it able to recharge itself by just parking over a spot on the floor wirelessly. No wires, no connectors. At the same booth, you could see cell phones recharging wirelessly from inside a purse with no charger in sight. Induction charging technology is as old as Dr. Tesla, but until recently, consumer devices that used it counted on laying your device on a special mat or pad connected to the wall socket to pick up the wireless charge. The innovation this year is in the ability to charge over a distance without any such contact, recharging devices from across the room or from the dashboard of an electric car. A national consortium for wireless power products is gearing up to provide standards for these products, so it won't be long before you'll see these devices in your own home and garage. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Are there some BYU radio shows that you missed or just want to hear again? As for my favorite part, well, it's kind of strange, but I love one word that Poe says. Skadoosh. Then check out our BYU radio YouTube channel, where you'll be able to listen again to your favorite episodes and keep up to date with other BYU programs and events. Just go to YouTube and search BYU radio. Talk about good. Welcome back, everybody. You got stacks and stacks, and you don't see no hearses with luggage racks. That is Don Henley. Give me what you've got. Now, isn't that so true? You got to get some uh, luggage racks on those hearses so we can get all your junk to the cemetery. Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is Matt Townsend right here on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. And we are talking about um, decluttering your life. And we're bringing in Laura Muelstein, who's a good friend of mine. She's a professional organizer, mother of six, uh, grandmother of five. I didn't know that, Laura. That's quite amazing. But has spent a life becoming a professional organizer. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Now, you know what's funny about it is uh, the timing couldn't be better because you just have downsized. You've moved from a really big house, sixteen or sixty or 6,000 square feet, down to 1,800 square feet. As we speak, this week, I'm in the works. Okay. Yep. Now, first of all, just logistically, that can't happen. Because you'd have to get rid of two thirds of my yeah. stuff. Did you do that? Yes. And did yes. you die? No, I am here. I you lived. <laughs> in fact, I feel better than I felt in years. Isn't it great to get rid of some so, of that stuff? So fun. It's a lot of work. Is it hard on fun. a professional like you? You've done this. You're a professional organizer. You know, that's what was amazing to me. You would think, doing what I do, yeah. that I wouldn't have that much stuff. But having lived in a home for over 20 years yeah. and raised six children there. Just like you, you were saying, stuff. the stuff comes. Well, and then it's kind of all identified with something. Mm-hmm. So each one of these things has another meaning to you. It does. It and, does. Because like, especially like, in fact, it's funny because a lot of the students that are 
doing some of the the, the um, segments that you're hearing, they're they're even getting attached to stuff. You just don't want to let it go because you may need it. Mm-hmm. You bought it when you didn't have anything, so we hang on to those things. Or it was given to you by it was someone. Given by someone special, yeah. Yeah. or it's just really functional. Well, yeah, there was a time in your life that you were using it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily justify keeping it. That's right. Well, so. I mean, that's a. I guess that's true. In the end. You're not taking it with you. No. Nope. I mean, you can try. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fill my <laughs> casket up. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> so now fill us in because you have a really interesting little background. You have been on a national uh, show for hoarding. Mm-hmm. We won't name names, but you went on, and you were brought in as the expert to come in and kind of help to declutter a, a really serious hoarder's home. Yes, I I did get the opportunity to do that, and it was it was very interesting, very sad. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad for me to see people living in that in that kind of a state. Um, this person was so buried that he was not allowed to have his daughter have visitation with him. Ugh. So that became our focus. His goal was to be able to be able to have her come back, create a place where she can be safe. Exactly. Exactly, and if and if anyone can find that motivation, mm-hmm. they can it can change it all. Well, and, and so some because some of us just don't know what to do, and then some have real psychological issues, emotional issues. Right. So I guess so. I guess we want to delineate and differentiate. You're going to give us a lot of ideas about just what are some simple things we can be doing. But if someone's out there and they're listening and they know that it's to the point that they're no longer getting visitation, if they're losing, if it's unhealthy. If you have 185 chihuahuas, stuff yeah. like that, it's probably time to get help. Yeah. And and that's a scary thing to ask yeah, for help. Yeah, for sure. For anything. But, you know, you have to think of it as a service that you need. I don't cut my own hair. I don't fix my own car. Yeah. And if someone does knows how to do those things, I am so grateful for their help. Oh, and for sure. And it can be the same thing. If you need help. Get the coaching. Get you it, need. Yeah. And, and and it's and some of it is just you just didn't know better. Like I didn't like you've got some great stuff on your website. Let's just tell them where to go. What's the name of your website? It's harmonywithin.com. Harmonywithin.com. And there's just um, there's just a bunch of tools there. A bunch of questions, mm-hmm. frequently asked questions. Great stuff. Um, what? Where do you? I guess when you walk into a place, what do you do? To work with the clients. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Well, first of all, we talk about how it got that way. And who's idea. living there? How did it get this way? Has it always been this way? Or has there been something traumatic or dramatic that's yeah. happened recently well, I that bet that's huge. brought it on? Yeah. yeah. Lots of times, though, it's just unconsciousness. Yeah. It comes, it keeps coming, and nothing ever leaves. Well, that's what I found. So, Even in my own home, just the mere fact that I was going to school and doing this doctorate thing for six years, I realized that I haven't actively been working so a lot of this work I'm doing now is just decluttering what I just let go mm-hmm. because I wasn't on it. You mm-hmm. almost you have to be on it. You know, it's like grooming. Right. It's like your hair. You got to right. do it regularly. Well, and a lot of the problem often is that no one has ever come up with a plan for where does this stuff go. Right. And so you walk in the house, your arms are full of stuff. Well, I don't have time to put it away now, so I'm just going to set it here for mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And then for now is six feet tall in That's a few right. weeks. That's so and true. what are you going to do with it? It's so true. So it's just a matter of coming up with a plan, working through yeah. it, and it doesn't happen overnight. That's yeah. one thing that kind of gripes me about the TV shows that make it look like Boom. in a half hour. Yeah. Woohoo! Look we at build this. a whole house for you. Yeah, in well, one hour. You know that's that's not how it happens, especially not if you want it to be a long term fix. Yeah. 
That's kind of neat, though. I guess you need the time in order to adjust your patterns, Mm -hmm. your habits. You do, and to learn some new skills, some new ways of thinking. Sometimes you have to have a little bit of grieving for the things that you're letting go. Um, We've even had little funerals (laughs) for things to let them go. Let it go. And, you know, maybe that sounds silly, but it really isn't silly because Mm -hmm. somehow we let ourselves become our stuff or yeah. our stuff become ourselves. And it's like, if we lose our stuff, are we going to lose ourselves? Are we going to lose those memories? Are we going to give up that relationship that, mm-hmm. with that person who gave us that gift? Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff in our stuff. Well, they're real. I think <laughs> there really is. I mean, and there's, and just, we have so many kind of messed up relationships anyway, but I mean, it's costing people marriages. It's costing them kids, families. It's costing them they're being fined. Some people are hoarding so much they're losing homes. Right. Well, and it affects people's health. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, if you're stressed because you can't find things or you could lose bills so yeah. you can't pay them on time or you just don't return books on time, whatever yeah. it is, it's affecting your life. And sometimes and that's part of our process also is looking at the cost. What does this cost you to be yeah. in this state? And, you know, I've had clients losing literal checks, money, ten thousand yeah. dollar checks that they don't know where, where is they are. That check? Well, $10,000 is a lot of money to that me. It is a lot of money. <laughs> and it's hiding behind some counter yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just a, it's a process. What uh, when you look at just your average client. So who's the average client hiring an organizer? For me, yeah. and which is all I can tell you about, it's it's the person who's too busy to do it themselves. They're feeling really overwhelmed. They don't know where to start. And lots of times we can work through two or three spaces in their home, and then they can take off with it. Yeah. Once they have like a, a process yeah. uh-huh, for, for getting it done and knowing where to start. Because, you know, you walk in your house and you just think, who the heck lives here? Yeah. And... I don't know where to start, so I just won't. Well, that's that's what I noticed just with our little storage room. We didn't we had never had shelves in there. So just having shelves in there and mm-hmm. then bins. Mm-hmm. And then we go through every bin and literally threw out literally half of it. Right? Well, and that's what I've been doing. I know I can only take a third of what I have with me right now. Which means that's if I good. have three pairs of shoes, only one gets to go. Yeah. Sorry. So, which is my favorite. That's right. You could probably <laughs> squeeze more shoes in the house. No, I'm not allowing that. That's so good. You have a standard. You're going to keep to your standard. That's right. Because I mean, really that's what it is, is saying no, mm-hmm. but having a process. And we are when we come back from the break, we're going to bring in one of our producers who really thinks he has a problem with this. Okay. And I want you to just start throwing a bunch of ideas Kind of diagnose, not diagnose, because it's not like you're you're not evaluating his mental health. But what, like, kind of go through the process with him, and where could we begin? I mean, it's interesting because we're we're starting younger and younger. I mean, yes. it seems like so it, true. Well, even me trying to get my kids to get their rooms cleaned. I have a son that will not get rid of his Sports Illustrated. Yeah, and and we're the ones who gave it to them. I know. That's the problem. Well, and the irony is, I used to hoard and hang on to mine. Yeah, because they're really important memories. And you never know when you're going to need them. Right. But you never will use them ever again. You also can't explain that to someone, can you? You can't. Um, eventually, but it takes a while. Yeah. But the process in the system. Really quickly, what's your – like when you think of one of your great success stories, what does that look like? What kind of tease them? Um, one of my great success stories was increasing the value that was given to a home when a when a uh, what's it called when they give you the value of the home? I oh, lost an, my word. An estimate, a uh, uh, yeah. Yes. I know you're anyway, about. yeah. Appraisal. An appraisal. There we go. Went up thirty thousand dollars 
We did nothing structurally to the home. We cleaned it out. By cleaning it, the value of the home went up 30 grand. Yep. That's pretty good. (laughs) That there is, that's a lot of money. And I'm sure they gave you half of that. Not even close. Darn it. (laughs) Okay, well, you're going to get Laura's free advice. Okay, but be sticking with us. Think about your life. If you had to get rid of two-thirds of your stuff, what would you be keeping? What would you make sure you got in the car before you drove away from your home? Think about it, folks. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show. We will be back with Laura Muelstein, an expert, a pro uh, organizer who's going to help us fix our lives and our homes. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Connect with Matt on BYU Radio's Facebook page and Twitter at BYU Radio. For the 2012-2013 season, BYU Radio is your home for Cougar sports. Don't miss BYU football. Touchdown! Cougars take the lead! Men's basketball. Danny's to the middle, and the right hand stop! Women's basketball. Brigham Young University Cougars are the West Coast Conference champions. Baseball. A walk-up grand slam! And more. All the major sports all season long. Only on your home for Cougar Sports. Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. The Federal Reserve may finally be leaning towards taking some form of action aimed at helping churn up new economic growth. The timeline of when measures will be taken is still up in the air as some members of the Fed want to wait a few months for more economic information to be collected. However, others think immediate action needs to be taken. Fed Chief Ben Bernanke is openly alarmed at the lack of growth and the unemployment rate, but whether that will transfer into a new push for another stimulus or a different form of action is yet to be seen. The London Olympic opening ceremony may have one of the biggest sports celebrities of all time making a surprise appearance. Could Muhammad Ali make Olympic history again? 52 years have passed since, as Cassius Clay, he won Olympic gold. 16 have passed since the former heavyweight champion electrified an opening night crowd at the Atlanta Olympics, staggering to the fuse to light the Olympic cauldron. Ali is in London leading to speculation he could be part of Friday night's opening ceremony. Carrying the torch is pretty much out of the question, but even a glimpse of the man who remains one of the biggest celebrities in the world would be memorable. Ceremony director Danny Boyle isn't saying whether his plans include Ali. Warren Levinson, London. Track and field Olympians may have already had their ranks thinned as nine athletes were banned from the Games today for doping. The IAAF suspended three Russians, a Greek, a Turk, two Ukrainians, a Bulgarian, and a Moroccan. The Federation says the athletes, eight women and one man, were caught in what it called sophisticated doping. World Anti-Doping Agency President John Fahey, while expressing approval of the number of athletes caught in drug violations before the Games, said whether these Olympics are clean is up to the players. The program is in place, the rules are in place, the protocols are in place. And you couldn't expect more from anybody who's in charge of managing the anti-doping program. Among the suspended, Natalia Tobias of Ukraine, a bronze medalist in the 1500 meters in Beijing. Warren Levinson, London. Sales of new homes last month fell by a startling 8%, but it may not be as bad as it seems. The decline is not as bad as it appears because the earlier reported sales numbers for April and May were revised higher. That put the May sales level up to a two-year high. 
Builders have been increasingly confident and they've been ramping up activity overall. But the housing recovery is anything but even. Sales of previously owned homes fell in June to the lowest level since October. And for new home sales, June's sales pace was still 15% higher than a year earlier. Mark Hamrick, Washington. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Take out the papers and the trash. Or you don't get no spending cash. If you don't scrub that kitchen floor, you ain't gonna rock and roll no more. Don't hold back. Welcome back, everybody. Take out the papers and the trash or you won't get cash. Is that what they said? One way to declutter your life is to bribe people with cash. Welcome back to the show, everybody. The Matt Townsend Show. We are talking with, uh, I was about to call you Dr. Lara. That's quite all right. You didn't call me that. That would have been great. We just gave you a doctorate in uh, professional quick. organizing. Uh, we're, and she's a pro. She's an expert. She's not just – she's done it herself in her own home, moving from a large seven-bedroom home to a smaller three-bedroom home. But she also does it professionally and helps a lot of you know people that are downsizing, a lot of senior couples that are trying to get rid of a lot of their stuff and move into smaller apartments. And we're bringing her in because we want to pick her brain. She's a pro, and so we decided to find somebody on our staff – that would want a little help. And we found, we, we had actually... What's that all, you know, the first step to solving a problem is, is recognizing you have right? a problem. No. And, and Ben finally admitted it and recognized it after his mom called us and said, please help Ben. <laughs> his room's a mess. No, Ben Wagner doesn't live with his mom. He lives by himself. No, he lives in a, whatever they call him. Apartment? House. A house. house. <laughs> with a few roommates, but he's got some stuff. Too much. Stuff. Yes, too much. Stuff. Would you call yourself a clutterer? A clutterer? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just have, st- just stuff. I just like stuff. I just like. like what, what do you mean? Like what? Stuff. Like if we walked in your room, what would we see, Ben? Um, like, for example, um, I have tons of books. I have two huge bookshelves. I mean, two books. I love books too. Two now, see, books you can you can clutter. You can keep those. <laughs> right, but I have. I mean, I have stacks of books everywhere that are yeah. just overflowing. I have. Every cable from every electronic device I've ever owned it spread out across like three drawers in yeah. my room that are just, you know, you never know when I'm in a need. You, the you might cable need. to this digital camera that came out in 2001 yeah, is completely obsolete. You never exactly know when I'm right. going to need that. I just have that, you know, yeah. a charger to an iPod from 10 years ago. You like, can't you just... get rid of the charger because they cost 30 bucks. Well, that's true. I just have uh, stuff everywhere. Stacks of magazines under yeah. the bed, DVDs, Blu-rays. Games, have... video games. Uh, yeah, I guess. Notebooks. I have every paper. I've ever written since I was like three years old, stuffed away in folders. And uh, is it like a canyon? Do you have to walk sideways going into your house? Is it that bad yet, Ben? It's not. It's not. Not into my house. Into my actual space. Your, yes. Yes. Into yes. your fire hazard. You, have to, you can't open the door all the way because there's just books stacked behind it. So you have to kind of like <laughs> slide <Squeeze>. sideways and <laughs> shudder through. Okay, yeah. so we're gonna fix it. So, Lara, you're sitting here. You deal with this every day. You show up at Ben's house. He's paying you a lot of money. What? Where do you begin? What do you do? Okay, Ben, first of all, I'd like you to tell me, um, how's this working for you, <laughs> basically? <sighs> how's what, it working? F- is it causing any problems? Um, I want you to be honest here. Is it causing any problems? Well, I can't 
get into my room very easily. So that's not. <laughs> Does fun. it depress you? Like to me, that like then to have to come back and to see that and be like, I've really got to get on that. Does it get? Does it get you down? Um, wow, this is really pulling out the psychiatrist's yeah. catch on me. Yeah, I guess sometimes, sometimes it gets a little like. Uh, here's when it gets to be a problem: is when you reach that point where you don't know where to start. Uh huh. You know, I need to organize this stuff. Yeah. I need to, I need to clean this up. But you, there's so much. Yeah, where do you begin? You don't know where to start. And it's not again. It's not a that it's like trashy yeah. or anything like that. It's just there's so much stuff overflowing everywhere yeah. that I don't know what to do with it all. Clothes from 10 years ago that for some reason I think, oh, maybe I'll need this shirt one day. Yeah. <laughs> never gonna, jeans. I'm, yeah, I'm never going to wear it again, you know? Yeah, um, totally. So that's, that's, that's more where it comes into, into play is when you think, and I am, uh, uh, you know, like my, I am kind of OCD with stuff. Like I like having my books yeah. organized by like, author alphabetically by author oh, but i've got so many that there's yeah. just they're just overflowing everywhere now that it's just well that might hand. be part of the problem you're overthinking it yeah Laura, what it do you think be. it could be where uh, do you can, begin it what could be a kind of a perfectionist thing going yeah. on where you don't know where to start so you don't you don't know how to finish it so you don't start it a lot of things yeah. can be going on like that it sounds to me like you're giving your stuff a lot more value than you're giving yourself if you can't get yourself in your room, something's wrong here. <laughs> wow, that's 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 pretty that's pretty deep right there. Well, that I mean, is. I do value you know uh, my copy of whatever Moby Dick more than probably myself because it's more important. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No, it's I don't know if we can life. say that. I don't think so. Okay, so what, we've talked a little bit about the things that are the problems that's causing you. Maybe you lose things. It's hard to find what you want when you want it because it's the things you want are buried under the things you're not using. It could be a lot of mm-hmm. things going on. Okay. Um, tell me what you would like it to be like. Where would you want to go if we were going to head somewhere? Um, I, organized, I guess, is really okay. – I mean, just to a place where I know where everything is and where I f- don't feel like um, I've got too much stuff that I know what to do with. Okay. Okay. Let me just throw in one little thing here. About 95% of the time, it's not um, that you're just disorganized. It's just that there is too much stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not that you have too small a space. It's too much stuff. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about. Um, We're going to start with a – I use a little acronym when I work with people just because that works well for my brain, and hopefully they can remember it too. Um, And what we're going to start with is sorting. Okay, sorting's easy. Something you learned in kindergarten. Yellow things together, red things together, blue things together. Mm-hmm. Everybody can pretty much sort. I can okay? sort. So you get you some boxes or some bags, whatever you want to use, and you label them. Labeling's important because mm-hmm. then you don't have to remember, okay, what was in this box? <laughs> Label it. Okay, and then you just start sorting, putting like things together. So all your books are going to go together. It sounds to me like you're going to want to subsort your books by topic or by venue, you know, genre, excuse me, whatever. And that's okay, but I would just get all the books together first. Do the subsort later. Get all of your uh, long pants together, all of your T-shirts together, all of your techie stuff together, all of those cords in one place. Just piles. You're just talking. I'm talking pile bo- them up. Pile them, well, in boxes or bags, preferably, okay. because then if you have to stop mid-project, it's not. It's all over all your there. room. Yeah, you can well, put a lid that, on the box. His room was mid-project. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you're right. <laughs> yeah, so, so we were just kind of sorting it out and then garbage, any obvious garbage toss. Not yet. Okay, so not is that yet. not one of the well, piles? Well, as you're sorting, if you come across things that are obvious like a garbage. A burrito yeah, that slipped there, under here. I'll be honest, there's probably one or two of those somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my burrito yeah. went. <laughs> That's how mine would be. The, there's a reason that I say don't worry too much about what you're getting rid of during the sort process. And that's because once you get all of the like things together 
and realize that you have three copies of Moby Dick, it's a lot easier <laughs> a to let one of one or two of those go. I do okay? actually. I did notice the other day. I, I have I think five copies of A Christmas Carol on my okay, shelf. So I don't know. Go. My heavens, dude! So Christmas time. But, but you may There's not know present. that unless you sort everything into yeah, totally. like things together, and then it becomes a little bit more of a logical choice, a little less emotional. That's a great idea. So, so well, if you're choosing between five of the same thing, right. I guess just go for quality, <laughs> which is the nicest one. <laughs> That's great. So, so the first one is sort. sort. Okay. Uh-huh. Then what? It's spark is the word for spelling. S P A R K. So S is our first one, sort. Then we're going to do the P, which is the toughest for most people, and that's the purge. Okay, that's when it gets tricky. That's when it gets a little harder. But having already gotten everything sorted into like things, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to see what you have too much of. Okay? Um, and then you can start asking your que- the questions of yourself. Ha- am I using this in my life today? Not did I once or will I ever, but am I using today. this in my life mm-hmm. today? Okay, that keeps you in the present. Otherwise, you're living in the, I used to use this or one day I'm going to use this. And then there's no room for today. And so am I using this today? Okay. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, does that have value to me? And that doesn't, that's a question only you can answer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's a very personal Like emotional thing. value, financial value, sentimental. any of those sentimental Any of those value. things. And there is some room for sentimental things in our lives. That's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, sure. But you have to set a limit yeah. on how much of that you can keep. Otherwise, there is no room for the things you, that's of today. Of today. So um, am I using it in my life today? Does it have value to me? And then you can think, if I were moving, would I pack this up, move it again, push it around the room 15 times to get to what I'm really looking for? You know, go through that process again. Excellent. Um, Is it something I really, really need? Okay. Like your old papers from school. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're all probably on your laptop. No, no. I'm talking from back before there were laptops. Wow. Oh, elementary school, <laughs> yeah. you say. Okay. Yes, I was so, alive at that you know, point. So there was, pick, I do remember a pre laptop. Pick out a couple, pick out a couple okay. things that Th- mean so something. So that's something. So, how, I mean, because that's a, he did pack them up and he did bring them here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those but are do you want to keep doing left. that for the next 20 years? Would you years pack of them in your neck? So, like, you get married, let's say. Would that's you, ambitious, but yes. That's the future. <laughs> the marriage so part. As part of the purging, I guess, he, he he's not using his grade school papers today. No. So it's kind of a value question. Do I value him? Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting thing. I'd kind of do the – because I did it. When I got married, there's just you – know, there's not enough room. No, there's not enough room. And it's it's a great thing as you're working with children to teach them that, you yeah. know, that maybe you keep three or four things from a school year. Yeah. That's still a whole lot by the time you graduate from high school. Oh, man. Tell me about it. Times however many children are in your home. We have huge bins. And then we've kind of realized when you use smaller bins, you're even more selective. So big bins, everything gets tossed into. Smaller bins, you start... Honing it down. Right. I mean, that's my problem. When I move, I tend to get those really big boxes. <laughs> well, you're, you're a strong with. guy. You right. just so probably, then, well, you're a big guy. So then I just pile everything in there, that, and then it's like, oh, this will fit in be- here. Because so then you don't have to make any there. decisions. See? You're, yeah. you're just no, that's, delaying that's it. Exactly. It's delaying the decision. Because really that's what clutter is, is just delayed decisions. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with it now, so I'll just keep it. Well, or it's just letting the health department decide. <laughs> it can when come we invite to that. the health department over. <laughs> Let's hope it not gets to there. Yeah. That's to that right. Point. No. Yeah. So it's spark. So P so is purge. purge. All right. Next step A is to assign a home. And that's where you're going to figure out in your space where you want things to be. So, for instance, um, let's talk about your room. Okay. What kind of activities do you do in your room? 
Oh, study, read, okay. write. P90, P90X. <laughs> we're going to have to really clear that out. Yeah. Okay. I don't know where you do it, but it's right there. Sleep. Lots okay. of sleep. Yeah. Not enough, I would argue. Yeah, probably true. Okay. And you're probably storing clothing, uh-huh. books, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, tech stuff, mm-hmm. all, all sorts of stuff. So the idea with assigning a home is to kind of create zones for each of those activities that are happening in the space. So when you're in bed asleep... And when you're going to wake up from being asleep, anything that you would need for that activity needs to be near your bed. That's, it's not really rocket science, but think of it as it being in the cockpit of an airplane and needing to be able to reach everything you need to fly that plane without leaving your seat. So when you're studying, you want to have what you, what you have right there. Um, so things that you use most often, make them easy to get to, easy to put away. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're not going to put them away. Like get to right. and put away. So I guess we're talking now... What accessing like access accessing. boxes? I mean, something right. things you use on a regular basis. You give them beachfront property. That's great. Okay, you want to be able to get to them quickly, easily, and be can able I, to put them away. Can I charge them more because it is beachfront property? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if rent. that helps, you go right. <laughs> Are you charging? Real estate. Maybe that's your problem. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't be charging, charging in rent your to your belongings because <laughs> no one seems to be leaving. Yeah. Okay, so we're assigning a home. We're kind of creating a place for or each of those activities and keeping the things for that activity in that space. Okay? So don't let them bleed over as a as, sign as a, much a, a as possible. Yeah. That's as actually, much as possible. That's yeah. cool. That's a cool idea actually. I and then, and then the fourth step, the R is to round up containers. Okay? So you want to have things to keep like your bins. Mm-hmm. Okay? They do have a purpose. But if you just go to a store one day because you're bound and determined to clean up your closet, and buy a bunch of bins without having done this other four step, other three steps first. You don't really know what you're going to what store. What I need to store, how much or I where need it's to store. Going to go. That's called binging. Yeah. <laughs> when nice. You, when you go <laughs> buy a bin with just out of control, it's a binge. And then you get home with all these containers, which end up being just more clutter because mm-hmm. they're not really doing the job. We spent $100 last night on bins. Nice job. Nightmare. That's that's the favorite part Too, is well, buying the stuff. No, if it works, my, we about died. Now <laughs> and then we bring them home and we're exhausted. We've been bin shopping and now we've got to go put them all away. Right. So did containers get, are great. Did you get them at a bargain bin? We got them at Walmart. <laughs> Bins are us. Getting worse. <laughs> that's horrible. Well, that's a cool idea. So the bin. So this is just. You're giving them all a home Everything with a boundaries. Home. Mm-hmm. With boundaries. That's the and neat thing about the Think bin. about your personality. If you have a container that has a lid on it, are you going to open that lid to put something in or are you just going to start stacking on top? Because <laughs> the you may want to not use containers with lids. That is a great okay. idea. So otherwise, especially for children, they're not going to pull off a lid to put Which stuff I am like away. a child. So See, there you go. A big yeah. grown child. Yeah. So be burritos careful. under his bed. <laughs> you know, get to know yourself a little bit. What, what, well, what would you, work? what else would you use? I guess drawers, uh, shelves. You can use the bins. Just don't put lids on them. That's don't stack idea. them. You'll, put yeah, them on you Just hide them and you'll instead. need the bins later, uh-huh. the lids later. Stip, put them underneath That's a cool them. idea because I for sure wouldn't yeah. open them. Then, okay, so we've rounded up containers, we've got everything in it, and we've labeled. That's really important because then there are no excuses. Mm -hmm. You know where everything goes, and so does anyone else who's looking for something or needs to put it away. The final step, the K, is to keep it up. Okay, so that means maybe you spend 15 minutes every night before you go to bed, make sure everything's where it goes. Mm -hmm. That's a commitment, I know, but that's what's going to make the difference. And maybe some incentive for doing it. 
Yeah. Like what? Yeah, a new container. (laughs) (laughs) What would you give somebody that doesn't like container? (laughs) A burrito. I don't know. You know, take yourself to a movie. Go out to dinner. Do something to recognize that this is a big deal. You've made a big change in your life. Mostly, I reached a point a third of the way through organizing where I go, "Well, I made some huge steps. Now I'll go see the movie. Reward myself for really good progress." It's like I'd get through the P and then think, you know, I'd I'd, I'd sort. (laughs) You know, I would get through that part. I would purge, and then I'd be like, "Oh, I, I made some real progress now." Let's go see a new movie. Oh my heavens, that's me. Now you I'll go buy me, man. a new book. Just don't, yeah. buy, just just don't buy yourself something new. <laughs> I, I think the key is just getting married. Oh, because when I got married, I never had to worry about this again. Because my you. wife sparked me every day ah, to go that's... get it done, get it done, pick that up, put that away. Isn't that interesting? So go through Spark one more time. So we're going to sort, yep. purge, assign a home. Round up containers and then keep it up. Keep it up. That K is mm-hmm. the hard one. It's a tough Some one. Kind but of incentive. Once you know where everything belongs, it becomes a lot easier. That's huge. What else? Well, let's wrap it up. What else? What else would you say to Ben? Is the next? What else? What else does he need to do? What's the key? Well, what I'd like to say to you is keep keep just what you need. Okay. Um, one of my favorite sayings is happiness is a place between too much and too little. <laughs> so true. for yourself, find out where that is. Okay. Good, good advice. Laura Mulestein, she's the queen on Harmony Within. Go to <laughs> harmonywithin.com. Really, it, it's a great site with a, a bunch of ideas. Plus, that's where they can get a hold of you. Yes. Okay. Appreciate you, Laura. Thanks. Good Thanks advice. Ben, me. are you going to do this? Yes, I'm going to spark I'm going to follow up on you tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow? Because tomorrow well, we I have mean, a guest on where they're going to make me start losing weight. Oh. So I'm going to make Ben clean his Maybe room. Maybe we should check back in like in a couple of weeks Let's and see where, okay. we'll see we where, my, s- where my sparking is, where your P90X yes. is. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, for sure. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Laura. Again, keep sticking with us if you're out there listening to us. You don't have to give up, and it's not. you don't need to go crazy over just a little spark here, a little spark there. You listen to the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Oxygen. It's not just for breathing anymore. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Evil twins are a staple of soap operas, but it turns out the oxygen you breathe has an evil twin that's actually pretty awesome. The kind of oxygen you breathe is made of two atoms, and we call it O2. But at the edge of our atmosphere, O2 can be ripped apart by solar radiation, forming a nasty, corrosive version of oxygen that likes to eat spacecraft. That's where NASA came in. While studying how to protect against monatomic oxygen, they found an honest job for the evil twin. It turns out these lonely, very reactive atoms are great for cleaning smoke damage off of old oil paintings without disturbing the paint surface underneath. They can also burn off layers of ink, one layer at a time, to let investigators detect forged documents. And it's found a job in the operating room as well, where an atomic oxygen gun is used to clean off replacement hip joint implants, so no bacteria linger to cause inflammation after surgery. It's like an atomic antiseptic destroying organic material, and leaving the implant untouched. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. There is an advantage to seeing a city from an artist's perspective. The history of most cities and towns, they're built around the local church. 
Travelling with Eric Dowdle allows you to really get inside some of the most scenic locations on planet Earth. And with a guide like folk artist Eric Dowdle, getting there is half the fun. I ran into Shaquille O'Neal. That's a mountain of a man there. Join us for Travelling with Eric Dowdle, Wednesdays at 9pm Eastern, here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking about decluttering. And on the way out, Lara Muelstein, our, um, our professional organizer, gave us a really good idea that, uh, for Ben. That What Ben was supposed to do was take two images from the room, one which is kind of ideal where he wants to go with his life and one is where he is currently, and two things just from the room, and hold those up and just kind of leave them out where he can use those images as a tool to help him prioritize. For example, the on the show that she was on with Hoarders, she the, the man, remember, couldn't – he was about to lose his daughter because it was like a serious thing. He, he, his house was too unsafe for the daughter to go there. So he kept in his pocket a picture of his daughter and that was the era – that was kind of the vision of where he wanted to take it. And then, um, you know, he could keep something else that is the vision of where he was, was which is maybe, you know, a, a box or a used, you know, McDonald's container or whatever. So use some visuals. Uh, don't get discouraged. I mean, it's hard. And I guess the idea behind it that Lara's getting is just chip it away. Just start taking the plan, spark, and just start – Doing stuff a little bit here, a little bit there. That's what I'm finding. Just doing my own basement again. It was a mess. Now it wasn't like hoarding mess. It was just kind of a tidy, messed up place. And as we've just been chipping away as a family, just here a little, there a little. We're even fixing walls, and all of a sudden realizing, hey, you can paint, <laughs> and you can make a room pretty nice and make it your own. So it's a powerful tool, and it really is about the small things I think that can make the big difference. Now we all know that the small changes can be hard, right? And Corinne Collins is reporting now on how small changes can go a very long way. I recently took a test to calculate my carbon footprint and was surprised to find myself well above the U.S. average. According to this test, my total greenhouse emissions were at 41 tons of carbon dioxide a year, while the average U.S. persons were 27 and the global average was 5.5. But how is this possible? I recycle, I eat local produce, and I don't even eat meat. Well, apparently this doesn't equalize putting 10,000 miles on a car every year. So, this little test got me thinking about the ways in which I can cut back on my greenhouse emissions. Some of the questions on the test were, do you keep a compost heap? And do you use energy efficient appliances and light bulbs? The answer to all of these questions was no, but it could have been yes. I recently started growing plants and herbs so I could technically benefit from a compost heap instead of sending trash to the landfill, especially since I recycle all of the other recyclable things that come my way. And I could get energy-efficient light bulbs, or at least make the effort to use the ones I actually have sitting in my drawer. And I could probably ride my bike to work instead of driving, although the 100-degree heat doesn't make that sound too tempting in the summer months. But the point is that there are little changes that I can make that might perhaps make a little difference, or a big one, especially if everyone did the same things. According to Gidon Eschel, a geophysicist at the Bard Center, and Pamela A. Martin, an assistant professor of geophysics at the University of Chicago, if Americans were to reduce their meat consumption by just 20%, it would be as if we all switched from a standard sedan to a hybrid car. 
the meat industry appears to account for a staggering percentage of greenhouse emissions. And according to a study conducted by the National Institute of Livestock and Grassland Science in Japan, it was estimated that 2.2 pounds of beef is responsible for the equivalent amount of carbon dioxide emitted by the average European car every 155 miles, and burns enough energy to light a 100-watt bulb for nearly 20 days. But what can we do about it? And do our individual contributions even matter? Well, since this show is about decluttering and cutting back and not the environment, I'm using these examples to illustrate a principle. There are always little things that we can do to improve our lives, whether it's cutting back on meat, in this example, or driving less for the sake of our health, or cutting back on clothes purchases for the sake of the bank account and wardrobe space. A little bit can go a long way, and small changes can have big results. So don't be afraid to let a few things go and make some small changes in the future, because after all, every little helps. So true. Corinne Collins reporting there. And I mean, it's, I wish I had heard her story before I spent $100 on light bulbs last night. <laughs> That's the first thing she asked. Well, were they, um, were they energy, whatever? And no. But uh, that's good. I'll get to just help our economy one light bulb at a time. Awesome ideas. It really is just about, I think, the little things. And um, hopefully on the show today, you've seen that there is a way. There is kind of a, a philosophy. There's an approach you can use. My, one of the things I've learned is that sometimes when we feel most overwhelmed, we may not be able to do everything. But I found if we just do something – um, it starts to kind of decrease the overwhelm, the feeling that we just can't handle doing anymore. And so I'm just going to challenge you. Think of what you heard Laura talk about today. What's something you can do? Sorting, starting to purge, you know, starting to put things in containers and areas. Um, what what can you do? What's one thing you know you need to do? What's one area you know you might want to clean up a little bit or declutter or just learn to say no? And maybe more importantly, the best prioritization might simply be your relationships. Is is this something that you really um, want to keep that will make a big difference in your life? Or is it just something that we have that we just can't let go? Maybe get some help if you need it. There There are people.